everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree, and we are joined yet again by one of our favorite people in the world, Pippa Roscoe. Welcome Yay! back to the podcast. Hello, I'm back for my regular ego check, obviously. That's right, yeah. What <laughs> about the book we've just read? It's all about me. <laughs> we are here today to, of course, catch up with the incredible Pippa, but we also buddy read a great Australian romance novel mm-hmm. in the romance canon by the Queen Amy Andrews. So mm-hmm. I, I want to jump around a little bit. What made you want to pick this book, Pippa? Because we were like, let's read something together. And it was no brainer. You were like, let's do it. This Amy one. Andrews. Yeah. 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 So instant boom, Amy Andrews. Um, I. So I went to the RW Australia conference a couple of years ago and was lucky enough to meet Amy Andrews kind of almost for the second time because I had gone as an author four years earlier and I came back and I was just wowed by how kind of, first of all, how great she is. I think we all know that. That's like hands down. But also how powerfully driven, like as a professional female author, she is and how... Mm -hmm inspiring I found that and I was ashamed because I hadn't actually read any of her books at that point so I was like right okay correcting that as soon as I go home (laughs) so came home and I think this was one of the first ones I read and went down the Amy Andrews rabbit hole which I'm not ashamed about because it was absolutely fantastic and I there's something that I love about sports romances like I'm not a sports fan at all football no interest I will actively turn it off even for the world cup do not care rugby pretty much the same and I'm talking about British rugby but there's something about kind of like sports romance sports and romance sports teams male sports teams because you know first of all not only are their calves amazing as you will find out when you read this book their thighs are amazing as you will find out when you read this book there's also a whole team of them so there are more books coming that's right like the joy just doesn't stop so it for me it was a kind of like yeah absolute no-brainer I mean, what a fantastic rabbit hole to go down. Right? Amy Andrews. <laughs> and her newest book in this series just released, didn't it? Yes, I haven't and had it's I male, have, male? Yes, and I've been looking forward to that one for a really long I time. Know. I'm very yeah, she did like an Insta- She did an Instagram live very recently. I think talking about the book. I was like mm-hmm. saving it because I was like, I'm in the middle of a book of yours. Don't do this to me right now. Yeah. I can't watch it. Can't split the screens. Can't split the focus. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to read the back of the book? Yes, I will. In my lovely British accent that Amy herself <laughs> said that she enjoys. So this one's just for Amy. <laughs> no, no pressure. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, Playing By Her Rules is the Sydney Smoke Rugby Series Book 1. Hot Rugby Star? Check. Ambitious Columnist X? Check. A six-part feature series neither want to be part of? Check, check, check. Sydney Smoke Captain and Rugby God Tanner Stone wants to be interviewed as much as he wants to snap an Achilles, but it may just be his chance for a rematch with his high school sweetheart. Matilda Kent's big mouth has landed her an interview with the one man she hoped never to see again, her high school high school boyfriend who broke her heart but with a promotion on the line she's prepared to play nice with this while dishing the dirt on this guy an epic war of words leads to a flurry of action both on the field and between the sheets and this time winner takes all initial thoughts people what were they (laughs) 
Well, you know that I'm not one for the extra spice. Generally. Generally, it's not where I... But I loved this. I thought it was so well done. Because there are some that are just... It's there for the sake of being there. Whereas this one was really well done. Like, any of the sexy times in this book furthered the plot along. Let's put it that way. That's mm -hmm. the best way I can I can say it. And they were well, well written. <laughs> they were very well written. At all. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what I actually really love about this book and these books is that there is a sweetness to these romances. That it's yeah. not your kind of typical angry alpha. He is, I mean, Tanner Stone, slick, as he's also known, um, is he pursues her from very very early on in the book which is really interesting in your traditional mm -hmm. romance like plot line and it doesn't undermine the power or the kind of sexiness or the alpha of him and and that's what i that's what i love about the kind of the the level of sensuality here is that it isn't gratuitous and it yeah it feels completely organic to them and it is completely embedded from their emotions from the very beginning my first thought was I really I get nervous sometimes with journalist stories just because I've seen so many Hallmark movies where like the conflict that happens later in the the story is somebody snuck and changed their article yeah. and you know like it's like awful. So mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh gosh, I hope this isn't that." But I love I I kind of love how she explored the idea of like Matilda has worked her butt off to mm -hmm. be in this journalist world, mm -hmm. but she's not doing what she wants to be doing, which I think we kind of see, you know, I, I I know I see a lot in film, but like reading it was a different experience. It's yeah. like, yeah, you you do like work your butt off, you know, when you when you want to be in that world and then you get in it and you're like mm. writing celebrity gossip and fashion pieces. Yeah. And it's like you yeah. do what you got to do to get in the door. But then at some point you're like, I'm tired of this. And then her <laughs> chance of a lifetime, it's like, fudge, I got to work with my oh. ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a sucker for a good project in a romance. I love <laughs> <Right>? a project. <laughs> a goal, a very clearly defined goal. No, yeah. but I think I think you touched on something that I was that I feel the whole way through this book. You start reading and you think, oh no, he's going to lie about something, and it's going to be really awkward. Or you think, oh, she's going to write a revenge piece, and it's going to be mm -hmm. really mean, and then she's going to feel bad. And the whole. The whole, like, not the whole way through, but there are points at which in the story, throughout the story, where you think, this is going to happen, and we've seen it, and you feel tense because you've seen it, and you think, mm -hmm. I know how this is going to run, and it never, ever happens. That yes. is why, that's why this book is so good, and that's why Amy Andrews really? is such a great author. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than falling into the easy turn and the cheap conflict that mm -hmm. would be her actually writing a revenge piece and then feeling bad or writing the angry piece and it getting published mm -hmm. as opposed to the one that she really wanted to or mm -hmm. you know the lift scene as opposed to turning that into a normal traditional romance lift scene yeah it just it doesn't happen and it's like you know Amy Andrews is holding her course and mm -hmm. holding her fidelity to the story and to you and that's what keeps the kind of the unexpected from happening well, it keeps it being unexpected because mm -hmm. you think you know where it's going and it kind of comes back and it's like, haha, I'm better than you think I am. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't underestimate me. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's such a joy. 
Mm-hmm. I have, I'm like jotting notes as we're talking and I have notes in my phone. So I, I'm sorry, listeners, if this is scattered, but like, I want to talk to you. I have so many things to talk to you guys about. Okay. First and foremost, let's talk about the second chance aspect. So with second yep. chance, mm-hmm. right? We, as the readers want to believe that the second chance is worth it. What did y'all think about, I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't mm-hmm. listened, but I definitely felt he deserves the second chance, <laughs> but you have to, you have to stay, you have to stick with the story. Yes. I feel like, okay, you're, yeah. you as a reader are in on this secret. You know why they broke up mm-hmm. and she yeah. thinks she knows why they broke up, yeah. which she kind of does, but there's more to the story. Yes. So what did y'all think about that? I liked it. I, I mean, I agree with you, Bria. He definitely deserved it once because I'll be honest, at first when I was reading it, I thought, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And then when the reveal, you're kind of like, okay, now I now I get it. But, you know, coming at it from Matilda's point of view, I can see why she's so hesitant. Yeah. You know, burn me once, shame on me kind of an idea. she doesn't right? know. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, it was really funny because reading this, I remember you guys asking me what my favorite trope was. And I was reading this thinking, no, 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 it's definitely second chance. <laughs> it depends on the book that I'm reading. It depends yes. on the book. In some ways, this is like second chance and enemies to lovers. And I just love it. Yes. So, um, I think for me, the big thing about second chance romance is the bit where, you know, the they realize he well traditionally the kind of the hero quite often realizes how badly he messed up what i love about this one is that he did it he had his reasons and they were ultra altruistic they were for her Mm -hmm. yeah and Mm -hmm. you can understand her pain and you can understand why he did it and you believe that it was justified and then when he realizes that it wasn't and that he messed up like it's just it's just expertly done. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time with this whole hour because I'm just going to be like, I love it. There's nothing like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, genuinely just by the way. You know, whatever. But um, it's, you build up that moment to the kind of the reckoning. You want yeah. the reckoning. You want the reckoning where he feels he did the right thing, but we know that he is underestimated severely the emotional impact he has yes. had on the heroine and that's what he needs to know that's what yeah, he needs to realize and regret till the day he dies because absolutely that's the point of a second chance romance mm-hmm. and but what i love is that you also do understand his kind of you understand and you believe his i did the right thing i did yeah, the right yeah. thing i did the right thing i did the right thing until he's like oh my god i did not do the right thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah but it's even wonderful. still, I mean, okay, he has that moment where, like you said, he realizes, I, I I, was like on a walk this morning, like walking and putting notes in my phone. So it was like, I wrote deliberate, hurtful choices. Like yeah. I, I said, he has, Tanner has great intentions. He wanted Matilda to chase her dreams, but the book shows how even sometimes decisions with the best intentions still have a hurtful effect. Mm-hmm. Tilly has become very distrusting of men because of a decision made with good intentions for her and mine and she says you've shaped me into this woman I never wanted to be and I was like oh I feel that but then so I feel like okay that's him realizing like oh shit like I had good intentions but I really messed up here Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. then when she's talking I think with her gram 
Mm-hmm. Yep. She's she explains it all and she's like, okay, so let's look at the facts. And it's like, you two, homegirl, have kind of messed up. You know, yeah. I understand the hurt and you've become this person. But when you set the emotions aside, it's like like her grandmaster, would you have taken that scholarship if he yeah. would have asked yeah. you to marry him back then? Mm-hmm. You know, he knew that this is what you wanted to do. So I feel like Amy Andrews at the end of this book has both of them realize they messed up. And then yep. she gives us both, both of them do a grand yeah. gesture. I was like, yep. who's grand yeah. gesture? But that, that is what I love about it is that it is balanced equally mm-hmm. between him and her that you know mm-hmm. he is right she wouldn't have taken the scholarship and she wouldn't mm-hmm. have been happy and she wouldn't have reached her full potential she is right he shouldn't have taken the choice out of her hands and he certainly should not have done it with her high school nemesis like we'll for talk me, about oh that later who is yeah, that I wrote her for? name down what was her name jenny freaking jenny. duffy jessica yeah. freaking duffy <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone, everyone had a Jessica Duffy. Everybody and had a Jessica there's Duffy. There's a part of me that was like, I think Amy Andrews delved into my brain and put this on page. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of, you know, I want to give this to my, my, my niece who's like 17 and going through this now. And I want her to yeah. read it so that she can read it so that she can know that it does get better in the end. And, and even though there might not be a, a Tanner to kind of like reach that conclusion with, it's like, yeah. Well, that's the thing is that as like I had the high school, I dated a guy from my time I was 15 till I was in my early 20s. We were engaged six months before the wedding. I went, yeah, no, I can't do this because from the time that you're in high school to when you're in college or university or whatever, you change so much as a person and you become different people. So as I was reading this book, all I kept thinking to myself was if the thing hadn't happened and they had stayed together, they would have ended up splitting up anyway. Yeah. Because they went in two different directions. So it was a bad catalyst, but it was a catalyst that was going to happen anyway. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. one of those things that this is life and this is just, you, I don't know. It was really interesting. Space, and you need a space to grow. Yes. Can, absolutely. But what I love is that actually they both needed the space to grow. Like it wasn't just what we consider the female, the protagonist's journey to grow. It wasn't, wasn't all about her. Like he had to grow away and grow too. You know, he had, mm-hmm. to, he had to go to France and learn French, which is always a bit handy and sexy. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> he's got to have time to build those calves because I swear to God, <laughs> I'm fantasizing about men's calves and like... <laughs> I go to the gym, they wear shorts. I'm now going to fall off the treadmill the next time. <laughs> Some guy laughs out because of Amy Andrews. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Let's talk about the sports a little bit. What I realized first and foremost is that I don't read a lot of sports romance. Mm. I don't know why. I just don't. But I really like that it's not too sports-ish at too the same sporty? time. Yeah, like... <laughs> I love like I I get I guess from like being in the in the military and like being in a job where you're around a lot of guys like I mm-hmm. love that stupid dude bro locker oh, room. The banter. Can we just the do banter that? was hilarious. I mean the end where they like throw confetti on his hair and we're like yeah. like we we like her better than you, dude. So don't yeah. screw this. <laughs> like, I love this. So what do you think about what do you think makes sports romance work? For me, I 
I might be delving into a, a kind of an area that a lot of people are very passionate about, but like for me, it's a bit like the found family in, in that it is, you know, that kind of a group of people who have come together in this instance, probably less more traditionally found family who kind of like they choose their family. They've, they've been rejected by their kind of normal family and they've found a group of people who have become those family. And I think it's slightly less here because it's a sport. So it's something that, that bonds them together, but doesn't necessarily provide all of their emotional needs, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I, I have really recently come to realize that I love found family stories and I love that the, the group the kind of unit that is unbreakable that is a bond that can survive whatever emotional trauma the characters are going through in this book mm -hmm. it supersedes that that this family will be here with those characters as their community and as their family irrespective mm -hmm. of what happens in the relationship and and I think it's I don't know whether it's because I can't do it really so much in presents because we tend to have the you know standalone alpha male type thing mm -hmm. but I love the kind of community element of it that's in yeah. you know, this one, uh, the, you know, Amy Andrews, Sydney Smoke series and Naima Simone's, um, she's got her oh, the rock. series. Yeah, like no. Scurring with the Twin and The Wrong Twin. And yeah. they, they're absolutely also fantastic. But also in that kind of slightly paranormal Namini Singh yeah. album, Changeling Pack, it's that kind of, what, what's interesting with those is that they're all men. They have a group of men and they have banter, but also emotional needs met by this group. Mm -hmm. And the idea that you've got these really big, you know, powerful alphas, but who, who can still, who can do real talk and smack talk at the same time. Like they can, yeah. they can like cut down and actually talk about their feelings, which mm -hmm. is something that we traditionally, or at least not something I traditionally associate with males in romance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um and I love that I love that you can have that banter and you can bounce off the other characters and the other males mm -hmm. in the group but you can also be held accountable for your emotional actions to the heroine or to yourself mm -hmm. and sorry I'm about to go off on this kind of massive launch about kind of the hero's journey and the heroine's journey but um go on it we're I don't know if that's what we're for it's like this is okay it's Sunday afternoon here I've had my tea I'm about to get real have you heard? Have you heard of the uh, Gail Carriger, the heroine's I've journey? I've read hers. Yeah. I've read it. Okay, so this is the thing. So for me, like the thing that I love about the kind of paradox of the the male group, like the found fam, the male found family, or the football family, or the or the or the alpha pack, or the changeling pack, is that to me it seems quite often that they're the community that brings the heroine into. So. Sorry, I kind of short-circuited that for for, re for listeners who might not be kind of so aware of the difference between like the heroine's journey and the hero's journey. And in the Hers kind of... Hers is about community. Hers is yeah. usually is finding community at the end. Mm -hmm. so, the, so the idea with the heroine's journey is that it doesn't matter whether the, the main character is male or female, but they mm -hmm. are able to bring the other character who is alone into a sense of community. Mm -hmm. and for me that's what sport that's kind of sports romance does is mm -hmm. it brings a character on the outside into a community and a family um that and what I love about this instance is actually it's the it's the woman who's on the outside like the community and the kind of heroine's mm -hmm. journey is actually the man's and yeah. uh, so in this instance the male characters and they're bringing kind of like Tana's bringing Tilly into this kind of 
world of family and community that actually she doesn't seem to have because it really it's just her and her gran because she lost yeah. her parents and she has been slightly isolated and she doesn't really like her job and the people that she works with. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really, really, really love about that kind of sports family found kind of family mm-hmm. romance is that it takes what you would traditionally associate with femininity and apply it to men who are male characters who are still absolutely alpha and absolutely sexy and have all their throwdown, but also all of their positiveness and the protectiveness yep. and the charity and the generosity and we can talk about Tanner in his DIY outfit till the cows come home because <laughs> ladies DIY heroes is a real thing and I want yep. one <laughs> just gonna leave it out there for the weavers well I love that you mentioned that because now I'm like I feel like the story was more Tanner's journey to get the girl back mm-hmm. than it was Matilda's and I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember like I does the book well I feel like the book does start from Matilda's perspective yeah. though yeah, it, it does, does. but it I does. feel like it was more of Tanner's journey because like okay just some context for anyone that hasn't read the book the example that Gail Carriger uses is Wonder Woman the movie mm-hmm. in the end of the movie Diana is alone and that is kind of like so she's the a hero's hero. journey. That's, that's yeah, the... she's a hero, not a heroine. Yeah. And I do think Tanner's is a heroine's journey. And yeah. like, it's all about that community. And he, he gets mm-hmm. the girl and she's part of that now. I yeah, feel cause... like it's more of his journey. It's, it's, well, it's it, his story. It's interesting because you could, she's, Tilly spends a lot, Matilda spends quite a lot of the time kind of resisting him, resisting yep. his mm-hmm. power and resisting his authority. And like, it doesn't become annoying for me because it is every single time it is rooted in the emotional response like it's it's not like I went I think I said earlier it's not that kind of cheap conflict it's not just because she wants to be difficult or like there is she she genuinely has strong emotional reasons for behaving the way she does and for resisting him you you know as as a writer you can be wary of making the character too reactive so that they're constantly reacting to stimulus rather than kind of act being the force and the agency of their own driving power. But she has balanced that, Amy Andrews has balanced that out by ensuring that Matilda has the, the article that she has to publish. So she is still active and proactive and forward moving in her own journey. But in terms of their relationship, it is that, you know, at the very beginning, it is that kind of, she has to react to Tanner, who is the driving force, which is goes back to what I was saying about him being pursuing her from the beginning, which is quite interesting because normally you find the heroes are kind of fighting with their own, oh, I don't, I don't want her, but I do, but I don't. And actually he's like, no, I want her. I'm having her. Done. Yeah. <laughs> okay, glad we got that out of the way. Now we can just have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think the pool, like this book could have easily become the, the push and pull will you won't you do mm-hmm. I want to do this do I not it could have become too much but I think the fact that it's a professional reason why like she's been thrown back into this world with him yeah. I think that like gave it that balance and then it's just there's that part of her is like you're not really a bad guy yeah but you really hurt me and it's yes. that that like yeah. she's on this balance beam of like the person that I'm seeing is a really great person but you really screwed me over like I am That's, the way yeah. that I am because of you mm-hmm. and uh, I just I I thought it was so good it was 
And it's interesting because there are times when with some authors, it will, and also that I'm unfamiliar with, for example, could do the same sort of story and I'd be there worrying the whole way through that her reasons for not giving in aren't strong enough. Yeah. I, you know, you can worry where you just think, oh, it's going to turn out to be a misunderstanding. There's nothing wrong with a misunderstanding if it's emotionally rooted enough, but mm-hmm. you can have that fear with some authors who may not handle it as well or as emotionally complex or or as, as emotionally real in a way, because mm-hmm. what I love, uh, I'm going to hate that phrase by the end of it, because I've said it so many times. Um, it's just what I love. Um is that actually at the heart of it is a very simple story, but there is nothing simple about the complexity of yep. these emotions. You know, it didn't need, like everything in here is just perfect. It doesn't need mm. the kind of extraneous drama of anything else. Like it just, it works exactly as it is. And it's just a delight from the start to finish. Okay, let's talk the comedy because the book's also oh, really God. funny. So fun. So fun. And I just, yeah, sorry, Sarah, please say something because I feel like I've been talking too much. <laughs> the nun at the beginning when they're they're at the soup kitchen, is it, it is? Is it the, yeah? And the nun, right away, I'm like, you've sold me. <laughs> I must listen to the whole rest of the book now. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be friends with this woman. <laughs> I think that's another thing. Like, I love the, ho- the whole tone of it. Like, the tone is definitely yeah. sassy yeah. and flirty and naughty and cheeky and fun. Like, the quotes, oh, the quotes in this book are like, don't get me to read them. And the, and the grand, grandma is just, I wish that had been my grandmother. <laughs> God love her, but. <laughs> I love a sassy grandma. I love a sassy granny. <laughs> I love she she Amy Andrews is very good knowing grandmas knowing grannies um and even the opening where you was sort of she's sitting in um she's about to have an editorial meeting with 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 the team of people she works with and she's sitting there, she's trialing out underwear with a string of pearls and I'm like yeah. oh, what <laughs> <laughs> I like, just feel like this this is Amy Andrews showing us her true self. Okay, yes, this right. Is Amy <laughs> like, but also yeah. that just what does she? What does she say? About, I think. I think. I think this is about the panties, but I'm not quite sure. But it was like the quote is, "If she were being violated, she'd rather it be consensual." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, please." <laughs> so, because I remember you, I know you guys have been quite interested about like the chick lit the what is chick yeah. is kind of comedy romance and I was I think I was thinking about this when I was reading um you know playing by her rules and for me chick lit is a like it could it probably is a romance but it is very much the heroine story yes. and it is about her emotional progression like mm-hmm. you could probably have a chick lit without a happy ever after you're very unlikely to get it because I reckon most people understand that the happy ever after is a good thing Mm-hmm. But it's very much focused on what is happening to the heroine emotionally. Whereas I think this yep. is just geniusly comedy romance in the best possible oh, way. Gosh, yeah. Both yeah. hero and the heroine. So it's, it's not chick lit, I would say, because it's just really funny, wonderful romance. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've thought of, but I forgot to ask while we were talking about the second chance part. What do you think about her decision or choice as the writer of the book to let us in fairly early I mean we were a couple chapters in when we learn 
what he did and why he did it rather than keeping it even from us and it'd be like this big oh, reveal no. at the end no you got you, no i like yeah, the way it was done you, you couldn't have kept it from the reader because no. i don't know any like for me it's a hard and fast rule you don't cheat on the heroine like mm-hmm. you can be seen to be cheating on the heroine in like a la the scenario that's that's going on here um he would have been that's like, it's like unforgivable it's like one of the mm-hmm. it's like don't kill the dog you don't kill pets yeah when you don't cheat on the heroine yep. because there's there was one romance and i'm really sorry that i can't remember it's a, i think it was it would have been an old true love and it was one of the most amazing you know category romances i i've i've sort of on the true love side of it and it was um a, a situation where the hero and the heroine were married they were both in the army and he had been discharged probably for medical reasons had lost his whole sense of identity like it was just incredible like really really well done but he cheated on the heroine and mm. this was their kind of make or break weekend where they came back and they like literally forced it all out I mean I've got I've literally got goosebumps talking about it and I read it more than 10 years ago devastated that I can't remember the title and the name but that is the only instance in which I've ever seen infidelity ever ever like in category romance um and I think the only reason it worked in that instance was because it made it was all about that yeah. And you understood and you like instantly you understood like this was a man who was completely brought to his knees by devastating change in his life while his wife was still doing what he was doing was still part of that world. And you mm-hmm. so you, you did you explored that in very much detail. But this wasn't this mm-hmm. wasn't that kind of this isn't that kind of book. And you couldn't have got away with him actually because you would have just been like, no, I'm done out. I don't care about yeah. you. I don't care. You can give all of your money away to all of the charities in there, but it doesn't take away from the fact that, because if you do it once, you'll do it again. Yep. And I mean, if it's not told to us and we're kind of kept in the dark, we don't care. There's no emotion for us now either as the reader, right? And you don't trust him and you don't trust exactly. him. The only exactly. reason this works is because you trust him. You trust him from mm-hmm. the word go and you're happy, you feel safe with him. You mm-hmm. would never feel safe with someone with a hero that had done that, or a main character, sorry, that had done Agreed. that. And that's why we come to romances, because, you know, there is a safety there. There's a safety in the guaranteed happy ever after. And there's mm-hmm. the safety that we're putting our escapism in someone's hands that we trust to take us on a journey that shows characters in vulnerable situations and in vulnerable positions, but yet will eventually be, and will continue to be safe in the future beyond the last mm-hmm. page. Yep. So if he cheated on her, when that last page closes, no, I don't trust him. So do you think that's why, I mean, we we all read a lot of second chance romances, but you don't see storylines like this one per se in a lot of them. A lot of it's just, oh, I went to college and I stayed away for 20 years and now I'm back. You know, do you think that's why? Because there is that feat that, that, how am I going to handle this as a writer? Because it's, it's such a, yeah a weird line to to walk on I think mm-hmm. so I know that I think my first one was um was marriage reunited and he yeah it was again he thought she had cheated on him but it, and, and that was to be fair <laughs> being cheeky was a misunderstanding but <laughs> it, it was kind of not because she she refused to argue against it when he confronted like it there was understand like it 
to me it made sense <laughs> to the readers it did too but if because you want that level of betrayal and you want that level of life-changing consequences for that action because like I said for me the, the second chance thing is the grovel that's all I'm reading a second chance for I want to see that hero with bloody knees by the end of the book or I'm out. Like, because that isn't that part of the fantasy. Isn't that part of the kind of, I have been wronged. You need to come mm-hmm. and, and, and... Make it right. Yeah. you need, And, and oh God, I'm sounding so weird. Like, yeah, I just want people to come, come to me with bloody knees and apologize. <laughs> <laughs> this, this awful image of like... DIY men with shorts and battered knees banging down my door, but like, no, I don't know where that came from. She wouldn't turn them away. The great grand gesture we um, all want. That's right. Um, but yeah, so that I think I think it was absolutely the right thing for mm. for us to be shown by the writer that he that he did. Yeah, but but also it's just as important for him to still stand by the decision he made. Yes. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. he didn't instantly you know in fact he even about like to the halfway point and possibly even like a bit longer he's still he you know we touch on it again and he said and he's sitting there in his point of view and he thinks I still wouldn't change it mm-hmm. because I did the right thing because she would have given up her, her university yes. this place and she would have get you know her career would not have been what it is mm-hmm. and I think there's a really important bit where he where we see that Amy's is written written from his point of view that actually they were from a kind of out of town town like it wasn't like they weren't from Sydney back then and he had to pay his dues and he had to pay his dues in some Mm -hmm. kind of not not Paris obviously that was amazing clearly (laughs) but um but he you know he did his time working for the kind of the out the outer teams before he came to Sydney and the what would she have been doing she, you know and she would have followed him and you you kind of get that sense of we absolutely know she would have which is why when she has the conversation with her grandma at the end that kind of reckoning let's put the facts on the table would you have gone to university Mm -hmm. had he He not did it yeah and she wouldn't have gone Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i think that it's just this really classic you know that teenage if it's meant to be it'll be right yeah exactly even though it sucks and she was heartbroken I think we like we said earlier they both have to grow up and when you're a teenager and you're in love it's like earth moving and like bone you just feel it to your core like this oh is God. love of my life i'm never gonna love it yet, like <laughs> right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not there then like no it's not yeah. real love. <laughs> yes <laughs> so they had to it's like i'm like the more that we talk about it i'm like yep i feel like it's childhood friends to lo- like childhood lovers second mm. chance yeah it's it, i think it's a really good story about choices Agreed. because we yeah. i think the thing that pissed her off the most was you took and we see this a lot in romance with parents yeah. you took the choice away from her mm-hmm. and that i was going to ask cuz that i i for me, that's a big thing. And I know that I've touched that. I've touched on that in some of my books. And I actually had to stop myself because I kept on doing it. I was like, no, I've done that before. Can't have that same conversation. Might need to change the storyline a bit. Because it's a really, really important, I think, aspect as women and, mm-hmm. and, and as people who are in control of our own journeys. You know, a choice is really important to us. 
as readers and as people and as individuals how did how do you feel about how that that kind of, of how do you feel about him once she said that you took away my choice I I was like thinking about it while I was walking this morning and I'm like okay I think about me and like my high school love we all mm-hmm. had it and it's like yeah i I, as a grown woman, can say I would have been pissed because you took this choice away from me and Mm -hmm. nobody takes away my choices. But he loved her so, like, he knew her. He knew Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. would not make the right choice. She would stay here with me. And that's so selfless of him. (laughs) It really is. But does it only work because she's under 18? Because Ah. I'm you now, if someone tried to do that to me now... (laughs) we wouldn't be having the same conversation like I would be like ninja kicking that guy like this is the part that really like has me crazy about the cheating Mm. in this book because no it's like it's a a golden rule we don't want to read it Mm -hmm. but that was the extreme he had to go to to make sure she pursued her dreams Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think I wouldn't call it cheating because I, I don't want to call it cheating either. I just, I just don't think <laughs> he it, duped I, her. Essentially, he, you kissed he, Jessica freaking yeah. Duffy. Postcard. <laughs> 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 and I mean, this is kind of go, going back to it. Like when you read it, that that why is that? Why is that so central to teenage romance stories? Like you know, high school, the reunion, or you know, that kind of never being kissed kind of yeah. whether kind of the cool kid goes back to the cool girl why is that so central to that that kind of yeah that narrative yeah that, that narrative that because it, is it a fantasy is it because they come back that they, they do that and then they come back is that the grovel is that like the kind of mm-hmm. the first grovel mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that a man has to go through apparently in my eyes <laughs> uh, the the way that I was thinking about it, the whole cheating thing, it's like, what if he just broke up with her? Like, what if he just said, you know, yeah, that's what I was thinking. we're done. Mm-hmm. Let's like, either way, she was going to hate him. Yeah. If you love, yeah. like, you know, you're in high school, someone breaks your heart, you're going to hate them. Right. Yeah. But it's almost like we needed this other reason, this other thing that changed her mm-hmm. as a person, mm-hmm. you know, not just a breakup because a breakup's a breakup, but yeah. you know what I mean? Absolutely, because I was wondering whether it was because it would make him too sympathetic. Like, you'd understand that. And yeah. actually, you, you, it would undermine his ability to learn from that moment. It would it would remove the grovel in, mm-hmm. in, in some mm-hmm. ways, because it was like, if you just broke up with her, then, yeah, you broke the heart. Understandable. In a way, he was a typical teenage boy and he took the easy way out. He didn't want to have to go through the emotion of breaking up with her. He did this instead, forcing her to do it, yeah. making it easy on him. And that's, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking teenage boy. Yeah. <laughs> that is a respectable perspective, Sarah. <laughs> we welcome all perspectives. Yeah. <laughs> Even boys. Um, but it, it did have me questioning, um, oh God, I, I had it. There was a train of thought there, and it was about oh, I just lost it. Um, that was it. So quite often, you get um, you know in in the reckoning, mm-hmm. you get a realization 
the he's been saying I'm altru- I did it for altruistic reasons I did it for altru- I did it for you I did it for you I did it for you and quite often in a reckoning what you can have is you can go oh shit no I didn't do it for you I actually did it for me mm-hmm. and you you can have that moment and it works you know it's, I've done it like it works just as well it's a it's a full 180 flip so it's more of a kind of thing and then you realize I was being self I was being selfless I was being selfless I was being selfish actually I was being selfish mm-hmm. yeah and what I loved about this and going back to that kind of expect the unexpected he know he, he didn't really actually go to that he was like no I was being selfish selfless the whole way through mm-hmm. I just did it like an ass I didn't do it the right way there was no kind of I was being selfish by pushing her away, um, which I think I have a tendency to do as a writer, I think, in, in some of my books. So I found that really interesting that he didn't, you still get that sense that this hero has developed, he's learned, he's had his moment of reckoning, he has changed and he completely values her without having to be the ass, which is mm-hmm. what is so great about this book, I think. Yeah, I think, okay, Think, think back to high school ladies, right? Like we're so emotional and our hearts are on our sleeve and we just think, you know, the world, we're not too jaded quite yet, right? <laughs> I just think, you know, I think about you're on the precipice of like the rest of your life. You're about to graduate and you're either staying in your hometown, you're going to college, like you're on the verge of something new, but then you have this love that's grown and it's like, well, how does this fit into what I'm about to do? And, you know, I used to see it all the time, like being in the military, you'd see like these 18 and 19 year old kids like marrying their mm. high school sweetheart. And I'm like, I'm totally rooting for you. That's adorable. But like being 23 is this, is different than 17 and like walking to class with each other. Now you have a job and bills and having mm-hmm. babies. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, it's like, I feel like he had the way that Amy Andrew set it up, knowing that this person you love really wants something. She had to like make him go to the extreme to mm, make sure yeah. that Tilly Absolutely. actually did it. Because- Otherwise she would have stayed and she yeah, would have said why she would have said yeah. like why why are you breaking yeah. up to me I don't believe you like there's that kind of he had to do something that meant that she wouldn't ask yeah Fair. and you know us as women I think sometimes like if we don't walk in and see the yeah. cheating then we want to investigate and we have all these questions and it's like oh no I saw it you know and I think that's yeah. what shapes yeah. her but also yeah. I think if if he had broken up with her and just kind of like walked away it you wouldn't have had faith that he wouldn't do that again. True enough. Does that make, like, if he didn't love her enough then, you wouldn't have believed that he could love her enough now. So it had to be a breakup that meant that it Mm -hmm. wasn't about whether he loved her or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. It kind of almost in the same way that it's kind of, with with a real cheat or or like Mm -hmm. really cheated on her. Because once someone has said, I love you, and if they say, I don't love you, that's it, like... Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, and she says that he's like, I never stopped loving you, and she's like, Well, I did stop loving you. And yes, I'm like, and I loved that. Loved it too, Sarah. What I loved even more was that she was like, and I did, I did, yeah. I had to stop loving you because yeah. I couldn't yeah. carry on and still love you. Like I had That's to right. force myself to stop, and yeah, I've started again because we've come back and I'm feeling those things again. But yeah, I, I mean, like that. I mean, at that point, I was just sobbing. I was a sobbing mess in the book. So, like, you know, <laughs> let's just not be around the bush. 
<laughs> I mean, there was a couple of dark moments. Like I yes. felt like that one. And I was like, okay, so we're done here. And then I'm like, nope, still have a couple more chapters. And then you read the next <laughs> chapter and you're like, okay, there's another one here. I'm like, what's going on, Amy Andrews? <laughs> but I mean, I I, I want to get off of Tanner because I feel like I've I've ratted on him a lot. But I feel like even though Tilly is she doesn't trust men and it, we we know why. I feel like that's so representative of like how a lot of women are and I don't necessarily think it's always a bad thing like I felt I was like girl I see you Mm -hmm. I mean I -hmm. can call up 10 women right now that probably feel the same way this is how you learn to be (laughs) yeah I mean like you know definitely like this is how you learn to be ascending you're 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 burnt once you lose your naivety Mm -hmm. you know and also what's I mean, she she also lost her parents. The character lost her parents when she was very yeah. young. So, and, you know, we didn't delve... Interestingly, Amy Andrews didn't delve into those backstories to kind of draw that kind of conflict onto the page, which mm-hmm. I think made it feel much more localised on him and her in a really right. good way. Like, it, they weren't working out their issues with other people through each other. They were working out their issues with each other, through each other, yep. and a lot of sex, which was great, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay with that. <laughs> the physical attraction out, but... was definitely there. The physical there attraction go. was fine. <laughs> yeah, I just, I loved when she said, like, you have turned me into this woman I never Mm -hmm. wanted to be I feel like all you know as girls you you watch the Disney movies you believe in the fairy tales and then you get your heart broken one two multiple times however many and (laughs) there's that that desire to still hope and like believe that true love Mm -hmm. is out there but yeah I mean I just think it's also very realistic. Like you have to walk through the world a little bit apprehensive and a little not trusting because not everybody has your best intentions in mind, which in this case he did, but he did it in an asshole-ish way. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and I think also it's quite, uh, I'm trying to think back to my <laughs> 20s. It was a while ago. Um, <laughs> when you like, but I think I would I would say I've certainly had this moment and I, I don't know if other people have that, but you get to a point in your early twenties and you're like, you you've just you've done everything that you've been told to do. Your mm-hmm. your society, your parents, your school said, finish your school, go to uni, get the job. Whether you go yeah. to uni or not, like finish school, finish academia, get the job. And then you get there and you're like, what? <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> this? This is what I was like. This is what I've been working towards? <laughs> okay. All right then. And and you realize that you are in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like this definitely happened to me. And uh, also, this isn't who I was supposed to be. I, ha- I had that moment without a guy. But I think yeah. that that moment is so relatable to every reader. Mm-hmm. Um, that I am not who I, I'm not who I was when you first, when we were together, Mm -hmm. you turned me into something else. Life turned me into something else. And I, Mm -hmm. I also think that that's a really important part of second chance romances is that you will often ask yourself the question, why does it work now when it didn't then? 
And a lot of the reason is that you have to have changed into the people that will settle and be together. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so whether she says that kind of, I am, you know, you made me into someone I don't like or I didn't want to be, it also speaks to the fact that actually when they're together, like she is that person without him. Yep. Yeah. And when she's with him, she is the person that she wants to be. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the reasons is that she met, he made her into that person is because they haven't been together for the last five years. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's a perfect book. <laughs> I can talk yeah. about it. <laughs> it was so things, good. <laughs> one of the things that also makes it absolutely joyous is that it feels just easy. And I'm not yes. saying that this was easy for Amy Andrews to write at all. But from the very word from the very first word to the very last word it flows and it is just yep just easy to read but also tight tight in a really satisfying way like the reason they call him slick the reason he has the nickname slick is because his football team saw him reading her articles on fashion but he wanted to look slick so even though he hasn't seen her for however long his nickname is rooted in his relationship with her Everything is so tight I in this. It's just yeah. like, did you? I was and I was sitting there as a writer. I'm like, bloody hell! Did you plan that? Did you have that thought? Did you have that thought of I have to get yeah. a name that is based in heroin, or did you yeah. just come out with it in that moment of genius when you're writing and it's just, oh, yeah. So I have envy. As as readers, we look at it differently because I know Bri and I have interviewed authors and said a question like, "Did you mean this?" No, we totally didn't mean that to happen. It just happened. Did you plan this? Yeah. No, no, it just happened. <laughs> you changed my life with this scene, and they're like, "No, didn't even plan didn't to mean, do that. Didn't, yeah, didn't mean to do that. Yeah." You're that welcome. <laughs> Which makes it even cooler. It's like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, like the the author brain, the way the author brain works. (laughs) It's fascinating. And and I think even like, even when you're a writer and you're reading someone else's book, those questions don't stop. But I just, Mm -hmm. it was so tight and it was so well done and nothing was wasted. And I just was continually surprised at how it is a romance that explores very familiar romance aspects. Like Mm -hmm. the kind of you know, the, the second chance romance, but also the kind of teen, the teen fantasy of the him kissing the cool girl yeah, and, and her being a journalist and right, working on it, like from his point of view. And that there are things there that are very familiar, but they are just done in a fresh mm. and unique, I think, way. I feel mm. like there were so many and I don't, again, I don't even know if Amy Andrews intended to put this in there, but there were like so many nods to like teenage stuff in the book yes. too. Like why yes. she said something like wild horses wouldn't pull me away. And I'm like, oh my gosh, who doesn't remember fear? The movie with Reese Witherspoon on the Ferris wheel with Mark, what's his face? And that song wild horses by the Sundays plays. <laughs> I see you, Amy Andrews. <laughs> you just pouring all of our teenage heartbreak and dreams into a writing it for us. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah I think there were like book maybe there were I think I remember like maybe one book reference some tv references and it yep. was all mm. yeah I was like yeah. I see what you're doing here so one thing that I thought about while you were talking Pippa is if, when we were when we were from his perspective let me pull up my notes it felt 
in the beginning, like she's like the one that got away because he does like follow her career. He yeah, the yeah. magazine. And even when she's present and they're working together, she feels so out of grasp. Yes. Like she, she's there, but we know from her perspective, it's like, don't go there with him. But then you get his perspective and it's like, oh my gosh, she's here. But then at that scene towards the end, she says, she he shows her Matilda's muse and then she yeah. goes out to the car and she hopes he comes after her and he does it. She says only so many times you can push him away. And I was like, mm. yeah, girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> this might be the time where he's just like, yeah. okay, I'm done. Yeah, I get it. I'm. And she needed that. We needed mm-hmm. to see her suffer the consequences of her actions too. Absolutely. Like at this point, like we know that that is her defensive measure. Mm hmm. Um, but she also needs, it's, it's that kind of, you need to know what you're going to lose. You need to feel that that loss is a real possibility to, to justify the kind of, no, the oh shit moment. Like, what have I done? Okay. I'm ready to, I'm ready to sacrifice m- my heart and lower my bound, my, 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 my outer shell, my boundaries, my protective mm-hmm. walls. Um, because actually not having you is worse. Not having you is worse than the risk of of my yep. heartbreak and I think yeah that kind of like sitting in a car while it's raining and wanting him to come out it's like it's like the look back isn't it it's the kind yeah, of the way the look back look back come back god damn it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like is she gonna go back inside is he gonna finally show up like is he gonna put his hand on the window and he never yeah, did he, he, he wants to like... march out to the car yank the door open and like mm-hmm. passionate kiss but like I'm not letting you run away again but no <laughs> he let her and yeah. then i love like this is amy andrews and her sense of humor she's like we go to the scene she's back in the apartment drinking beer yes. <laughs> <laughs> wine out of the bottle yeah yeah <laughs> i'm waking up the next day going i probably shouldn't have had the whole one and i was like yes i see that too <laughs> moving on Um, I think it really shows the power of romantic comedies yeah yep and it just and that that's the one thing like the the hero Matilda's point of view her tone the things that the way she says the, the, the things that she says and I mean I pulled out some quotes and they're pretty much all from her point of view Mm -hmm. you know like um normally she could multitask her ass off but the threat of imminent invasion of her lady garden by a foreign object was distracting beyond all reason like (laughs) first of all like I love that I mean I love I love phrases for the word vagina like I'm I'm a full advocate for actually naming body parts but I'm also like a full advocate for like all the different wonderful things that you can also call a vagina so I'm fine with lady garden and I'm fine with the threat of pearl string knickers potentially (laughs) while she's trying to multitask and i'm like i'm here like i just it's the 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 comedy here doesn't come from slapstick comedy yes it does sometimes but it doesn't or you know through the way through it comes from a heroine who's just witty and funny and i like want that in my life basically because amy andrews is witty and funny and we meet her in our lives so there we go (laughs) so we recommend we recommend it right yes highly i'm looking forward to the rest of the series yay you're going in you're going to read the rest of them i'm so pleased for you 
a fantastic <laughs> rabbit hole to go down. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and it just didn't it transport you to Australia? Like, oh God, I was like, I want to watch rugby and drink beer and eat fish and chips. Like you don't hear about that in romance novels in the States. of like a heroine drinking beer during our, it's like, let me get a tub yeah, of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> we Canadians are very similar to that though, Brie. Remember that. <laughs> so beer, I grew up on beer. I don't, I'm not a wine drinker. I'm a beer drinker. <laughs> chips and poutine. I can't remember what it is. The yeah, yeah, gravy and, um, Cheese curds? Yeah, oh, I can, I, listen, if we want to talk about Canadian snacks, I can do that for a very long time. <laughs> I got to send you something. Oh, <laughs> I got to send you a box of uh, box of goodies. My allergies, I think, that I've developed in the last five years, unfortunately, knock out, like, everything that I used to love. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I'll just, I do it's choice cookies. Oh, Crunchy Cheetos and Eggos. Oh, really? Eggos? Yeah. Oh my God, yes. Like anything, like it's a waffle. You put it in the toaster and it's sweet. I didn't know that you guys didn't have them though. That's all. Um, I think we used to have them when I was like a kid, but um, yeah. they, they got banned when we joined the EU. That's <laughs> so I'm sure we can probably get them back in the country. I don't know. <laughs> probably the sugar content, but um. Yeah, no. So I, I also got my like my architecture porn for the romance. Like his amazing oh. apartment with the view. Yes, yes. Like, Sydney Harbour and like mm-hmm. give me bricks and wrought iron any day, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, every time I just I want it. It's on my bucket list. I'll get to Australia one day. <laughs> yeah, and rugby's not really like a. Big it's not an American sport. sport. We I actually played it in high school. I was Forced wondering to play it in high school. I was wondering whether it was kind of maybe how did you guys find that did you just kind of slip it into american football rather than rugby well when i think of rugby i think of soccer oh god like with a little bit of football okay okay i was like i imagine because i remember guys in high school saying we're playing rugby and it was always with a soccer ball (gasps) but they'd like be throwing it and stuff too and i'm like i don't get it (laughs) apparently i'm much more into sports than i realized because i was thought of throwing around a soccer ball like a like a rugby ball was sacrilege to me so. oh god okay <laughs> it seeped into my dna <laughs> so what is no. it um so rugby is much more like the, it's like a, the american football ball yeah okay um and um no pads so okay. you don't have the headgear i mean that might change i'm hoping that changes because the amount of kind of concussions and head injuries you get from yep. rugby and hard contact hopefully mm-hmm. will change but um so so yeah it's like so no pads so we're talking like full-on big like powerful men coming mm-hmm. at each other into scrums and taking mm-hmm. them down yeah so it's, it's quite like yeah it's but, a it, I remember it being a very violent sport because yeah, of the, like, like my brother's friend played we had a team like we had like um national teams and stuff like your high school team and you would go on to like the provincials and and his buddy played and he had so many concussions he was told the last time you have to stop playing because if you don't you will die yeah like that's how bad it is you know it's I mean, we had like yeah. when I was growing up, like we had touch rugby. So yeah. it, as opposed to kind of going into a full contact tackle, you just mm-hmm. right, okay, you have to put the ball down and, and start again. Um, so it's it's basically like that's why you get the kind of a rugby versus American football and yeah. being we we do what you do without pads. Yeah, um, 
So, <laughs> I'm not I, into a, like an American UK rugby football off um, because I don't want everyone to start hating on me. But to your point about not having to like sports to read a sports romance, I think that's a really because the first major sports romance that I read was the Serena Bowen series, the hockey. Mm-hmm. The Brooklyn Bruisers, I think it was. And as a Canadian, I'm about to get kicked out of the country. I hate hockey. Oh, I can't yes. stand hockey. Yeah. But that series, I know, right? <laughs> but that series was so good. Was really good. And I, I kept saying to my husband, because my husband's a huge hockey fan. I'm like, they're doing a lot of games. Like, she really got into the games. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, I would just, like, bypass that. <laughs> like, don't care, don't care. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's, you don't necessarily have to like the sport to appreciate the books, essentially. Certainly not for Amy Andrews. And I think the same for Naima Simone's hers too. I mean, I think what what I love about it is that you get the same sense of dedication. You Mm -hmm. get the same sense of kind of, Mm -hmm. there's an elitism that they are, they are the elite in their sport. And that is admirable. And, and you as a reader, um, enjoy the aspiration of that, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, in, and in some ways it's like more tangible than the billionaire, you know, who just makes his money. Yeah. Services, yeah. which I have done. So I'm not knocking like, you know, <laughs> so much <obscure laughs> financial investment that maybe happens during the night when he can't sleep may or may not appear at my next book. But <laughs> this, this is much more kind of physical and tangible. And it's physical as well. I mean, you That's know, the big thing. There's sweat. I mean, yeah. how could you I not know? I know. I know. My, favorite, I know. my favorite aspect of it is like, yeah, they're these big, tough rugby players who are hilarious in the locker room. Like, that's yes. what I'm yes. in for. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, it is, and honestly, oh my God, the, the book's up further on in the series it just gets it gets even more predominant in the story mm-hmm. um and I love that I love banter and like I, I really it just it makes you laugh and it, it, mm-hmm. it reminds me of being at school in some ways it reminds me around being around a group of people who all, all know each other incredibly well and can take, yep. take the piss out of each other and it just yep. happens that Amy Andrews is so funny that it just comes off as like this brilliant like yep Thing. and there's a juxtaposition between the humor of it that is so kind of catty and feminine yes these kind of big alpha men and it's just glorious i just yeah it's absolutely glorious does it say what entangled line that the series is in is it indulgence or am i tripping brazen brazen, brazen. brazen. yeah that makes sense okay. okay so is brazen the kind of sexy one or is that sounds like it would be like the blaze to me yeah i think brazen is the sexier series mm-hmm. <laughs> so. and that and that another thing is like how it was able to be that sexy while still being incredibly like sweet yes yeah. like, yes it was a really nice balance to it yeah okay so the new one is called playing it safe mm-hmm. yes okay mm-hmm. yeah it, it's interesting i don't want to sound crazy here but as we've done the, the podcast, we have learned that there are category series from other publishers. And so like when we especially found out about Entangled, we were like, oh, crap, we read a lot of these titles. We just had no ideas. Yeah, it is interesting. It's, it's one of those we don't want to be stuck in the mindset of like, 
it's always looked a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. it's always yeah. been the numbers are on the spine and it always is in the store. The covers all look get. the same. And yeah. Um, do you think it's something that is just changing or do you think a lot of people have that mentality like as a writer what what do you see like in the future of category romance I mean that's a really good question because there are so many like independent independently published category length slightly leaning towards category style romances out there Um, I think when you in terms of numbers on the spine, the cover, you know, with something that's so long established, like Harlequin in mm-hmm. North America, specifically, I think more North America. And yeah, in, in England, we've got the, obviously, Mills and Boone. The, the cover is the identity. And it's, you, you can put, you can walk into, I could walk into a Target and I could point out presents from half a mile away. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just from, from the cover alone. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there are many category I think outside of Harlequin, they don't necessarily have the brand name that is as instantly recognizable as Harlequin. And therefore, mm-hmm. they don't have to trade on that. They can trade on the aspects of the book or the author. Yeah. Um, I don't mean have to and I don't mean trade. But mm-hmm. when you have a brand that is almost as recognizable as Coca-Cola, for example, like you've got mm-hmm. the kind of the Coca-Cola white writing and the red background. I'm suddenly realizing similarities with presenting. <laughs> I don't think that's intentional and I'm really like I'm not, I'm not yeah no yeah. but you're right um, as a coke drinker I am fine with that yeah <laughs> and and there's you know um we had a company called French Connection the clothing company I don't know if you have it in the states um and they tried to do something with their advertising probably about 10 years ago maybe a bit longer where they wanted to be able to have an advert with their clothing and have a slogan that meant that they didn't have to tell you the brand name because that would be how recognisable their brand was. Gotcha. So they had a phrase, um, French Connection UK, and it was FC UK. So what they wanted to do was have a series <laughs> of adverts that just had FC UK on it. So you'd know that it was French Connection, yeah. geeky and funny, works. You could not have that over here. So teenage boys would be like, <laughs> all over that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the ambition i think is the same as coca-cola like all yeah. the mcdonald's you have the red yeah. you know, the yellow m so you with a with a with a long established brand that has over 100 years of recognition you mm-hmm. would be absolutely foolish to move away from something that recognizable whereas absolutely. if you look at publishers that have come up maybe in the last 10 years which seems like an established is very much an established brand but not one that is as recognizable you think you've got more room to have fun with the covers and play with the covers and work on the author name rather than the published name or um the you you work on on the tropes rather than the the title there are so many different things you can market Absolutely. on but also so many opportunities to change how you market that you can change the yeah. cover i mean you might not want to change the title unless you're you know unless it's a different context like it was published like 30 years ago you've got the rights back and you want to republish it yourself sure um so in terms of kind of how they are sold, I think you will always see Harlequin focusing on the publisher brand and the series brand because that is the highest discoverability they have. That's right. Um, yeah. Whereas, and, and I'm sorry, and I want to preface this by saying I'm saying this as an author and not from my past experience because I don't speak for them or who they are and where they're at currently. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Entangled, 
you can they would be foolish to miss out on Amy Andrews the brand by putting yeah. their own brand on it because I think she is she is a big enough name she's a recognizable name and those covers are just really hot like you wouldn't change them mm-hmm. they're amazing they're a biceps <laughs> there's, there's a rugby ball like I'm looking at playing it safe right now and I'm and maybe I'm, some taps so bring I'm on around. the <laughs> that I think is 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 it's interesting to see how the covers come from the smaller publishers because I think, and I don't mean smaller in, in, in a reflection of my respect for them, just a kind of smaller in terms of size and what they can do with covers is, is fascinating mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a lot of really, really good points. And I've always said that you, you know, look at a group of people and say, what does a Harlequin romance look like? And nine out of 10 are going to point to a presents because mm-hmm. that's the iconic cover to me you know right and um with the smaller press not and again not you know what i mean uh, like an entangled the other the difference is too in my opinion is that the harlequins you can go to your target and see them on the shelves i'm jealous y'all because my target doesn't sell them them. (laughs) but most of most of the entangled or Thule, they're ebook only i believe so they really have to push the author more than the cover you know I, mm-hmm. I think because if you're searching like on Amazon, you go on Amazon to buy a book, there's nowhere for you to just look like you could at a target and just look to see mm-hmm. what's new. You have to know what you're looking for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and I think, well, uh, for I, I us, never, sorry, for us, we, once we learned, okay, this is a thing. And like we said, with entangled, we we're on here, like on a Saturday, just chopping it up. And we're like, mm-hmm. yep, read that, read that, read that. And we had no idea that they were considered categories for us. We want to make sure that we're, if we're talk if we're here to talk about category romance, that we're talking about everybody, All the category romance. it's just, mm-hmm. we were a little uncertain at first. Cause we're like category romance lovers love category because we, we know what we want and yeah. we know that we're going to get that when we pick up a specific book from a specific right. line. And we were like, how do we talk about this? Because it, you don't necessarily know, you know, you don't, a lot of readers do go to the bookshop still and mm-hmm. pick up their books. And you're not, a lot of people don't have, I mean, reading on an e-reader is a privilege. I mean, not mm-hmm. everybody afford can afford one. Really? So, but I just think that it's amazing to see how big oh. that term how broad that term yeah. has become and, now. And just, go ahead, Pippa. No, I was going to say just and just how how it's becoming bigger than Harlequin. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. And I, I think because I think as when I'm in the mood for Harlequin, I know what I want and I know where I'm going. When I'm in when when I'm kind of maybe in the mood for something else, I have to know who the author is. Mm-hmm. I have to, I, you know, there. Are, I mean. Other than that, like since I've joined Instagram, fairly new this year, um, my TBR pile has increased exponentially. I'm not happy yeah. about it. Um, my income has gone down, um, and I'm reading. I'm I'm buying a lot more through Instagram and through those books yeah. and through um, actually like story. I've become more discerning in my romance as well mm-hmm. because I feel like prior to potentially five years ago I wasn't really what you would call a romance reader mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I, yeah I worked in the genre I worked in the genre and I write it which sounds which sounds absolutely crazy and I'm aware of that um but I feel like I'm dipping my toes into 
you know, what is what is category, what's outside of category, what's dark romance, what's romance, what is the mm-hmm. different promise within romance that's not category? Mm-hmm. So what is um, morality chain romance versus just traditional romance? And what is bad boy romance and what is dark romance and paranormal mm-hmm. romance that's category that's not actually category and then borders on fantasy, which is a completely different mm-hmm. thing. Um, and traditionally your go-to home was Harlequin because for a long time that was the only option for category romance yeah um and how exciting is it that we have broader options that are that people can explore just all the possibilities of category romance yeah yeah um in you know I mean you want to compare like playing by her rules which is an entangled category to a to a Harlequin category, you know, there's more characters, there's more secondary characters. That's right. Um, there's less of the traditional, like, black moment moment. I mean, it's still there, but um, there's less of the traditional, I can't have you, I can't want you, I'm fighting myself, mm-hmm. which is, I think, a traditional mainstay of kind of Harlequin category. Mm-hmm. Um, yet it is still one of the most satisfying romances I've read and it's it's sexier than half of the cast you know half of the Harlequin yeah. romance and I think yeah. the same could be said with Tule and I don't even know all the different other publishers and I don't even know all the authors who are self-publishing through kind of mm-hmm. Amazon or wherever they can but what has been joyous to see is how open the romance community and the romance publishing is becoming like yeah we don't even talk about the minotaur book (laughs) (laughs) Sarah don't read it it's not for you (laughs) I don't mean this in a bad way just don't read it no I'm not saying anyone else I'm just I'm just it's brilliant I loved it like everyone should read but there's a lot of blowjobs a lot of hand jobs and it's Sarah read a Katie Robert recently. Oh I my god! It, y'all. I read I mean, Neon Gods. Oh my it god! Was hey, amazing. Go get yourself the mind into a book, girl. No, like, you know what? Everybody and and nothing to Katie Roberts. Now, from my understanding, is that her self-published stuff is a lot sexier. So this one was more of a traditionally published, mm-hmm. and I kept everybody kept telling me Katie Roberts dark, dirty, you know, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm prepared for it. But it's a Greek gods retelling and I really mm-hmm. wanted to read it. Mm-hmm. And I kept waiting and I'm like, this is this is it? Am I old? This is tame. Like this is, it's sexy, don't get me wrong. But I was expecting it to really push the envelope, if you will. And it didn't. I mean, there were a couple things that, you know, but it was, it was, it was nowhere near as, as BDSM as 50 Shades. <laughs> It was tamer yeah, than Fifty I think Shades. That one, I think that one is with it's with source books. So it I'm is. not saying yes. that they told her like you can't be Katie Tone Robert it down. loose, but, <laughs> but the I, thing I, is everybody's like, it. it's a dark romance. I'm like, yes, mm. it's a dark romance. It's a Hades and Persephone retelling. It's yeah. gonna be dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean it's, it's an in- I mean, we could spend a whole hour just talking about what definition mm-hmm. of dark romance because I think I went down a dark romance rabbit hole like a year, probably two years ago, if we ignore the whole coronavirus thing. Um, you did? And I, think my definition I, I can't bring myself different. to go down that rabbit hole. No, I, I, I can read one dark romance a year. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that too I mean, much. It's, it's really, it depends. What, like I said, like there's, there's motorcycle club dark romance, which I'm still 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are so many different ways to define it. And I think when your boundaries, it's not safe if you need boundaries because you don't always know. Because someone else could say this is dark romance and someone could say, I don't think it is. And I could recommend it to someone who would be like, that's pushed my pushed me over the edge. And I feel like quite wounded by that, where I'd be like, but it didn't even scratch the surface. So mm-hmm. it is a very careful, tricky, that's a tricky genre, especially at the moment. But um, like we've got alien romance, we've got like minotaur romance, we've yep. got monster, monster romances. And, and I'm here for it because it's just, this is how open love is. This is what we're trying to say as romance readers. Yep. Like, actually, it like this is what you can do when you take away boundaries, and you can still have an emotionally satisfying mm-hmm. journey between the main characters of whatever denomination, and yep. um, and it can still be sexy, and it can still be mm-hmm. fun, and it can still be sweet, and it can still be really, really hard and sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I yeah drop all the boundaries like let's just go for it let's just see where our happy ever after take us and it's just joyous it's it's the the one thing I've noticed on my my booktube channel on youtube is that a lot of people will ask me like oh can you give us your ratings from because I say sweet to spicy right mm-hmm. and I'm like I can't what I consider to be burn the house down yeah is what somebody else would be like that's a walk in the park. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's subjective. So I think by what by following people on Instagram and by listening to podcasts, and you kind of get more of a sense of this author. I like what they do. Show yeah. me other authors like yeah. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that's what cool. I mean? Like that's how you're going to find what you like. And I think that's the best way to do it. And you know what? Try things because yeah. you don't know if you're going to like it or not. Yeah. And, and right? I mean, Going back to the kind of sweet and sense, the sexy level of almost of playing by her rules, this may have felt less abruptly sexy because actually it was rooted in emotional depths, and actually the hero was a sweeter hero than Mm -hmm. than a traditional alpha ass. Basically, Mm -hmm. like he might have had he had like there was no doubt that he had throwdown. Like Mm -hmm. I'm there for it, but it was because he was a softer character even though it was incredibly sexy, it wasn't about just the sex, which makes, which shifts something, I think, from being abruptly sexy mm-hmm. to organically sexy. And I'm here for the abruptly sexy too, but I would, sure. I would say that that leans more into erotica. Yes. Not always erotica, because I think we also overuse erotica as a definition in terms of romance. Like, mm-hmm. unless literally the sex is the only driving force behind the story, it's not erotica. Like mm-hmm. that's that's my kind of cut off point, but I, yeah, like heat levels, I think don't take always take into account the emotional level that balances it out. Agreed. Yeah, I remember when we chatted with her, she talked about how she did. She was kind of filling dare out, and then when she yeah. kind of wanted to do it, it was ending, and I'm like, yeah. dang it, I never oh, got an Amy Andrews dare. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, and after reading this book, I was like, dang it, I wish I could have got one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, but actually, interestingly, going back to Dare, I think I feel like the early days of Dare was definitely more sex, abrupt sex, Agreed. than what Amy does so well, which is emotionally based sex. I'm not yeah. based. And I'm not saying that the Dare authors weren't emotionally based, but. No, no, no. 
I feel like in the early days of Dare, it was very much driven by the sexual, the the the, the, the plot was driven by the sex. Mm-hmm. And I think depending on which author you read, because I felt like there was quite a wide variety of authors to that line, which was what was so exciting about it. And mm-hmm. also, which was what was so lovely, like this is a category romance that can be driven by sex. Like yep. if that's what you want, they've got it for you. And that's what mm-hmm. I I'm like. That was what I was here for. And I think that's brilliant. And, you know, I mean, you look at what well, just, I'm going to name drop, like, you know, Rachel Stewart, obviously. For, oh, yeah. You know, Dare. There, were, there were voices in that line that were very different to Rachel's, but still, you know, we're still within the line where the sex was driving the story, but also there was emotion there. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, so I think that that's different in this. This is this is not the sex driving the story in any way, shape, or form. And playing by her rules is definitely like the emotion direct driven, just with a very high heat level. Yep. And incredibleness. In- incredible. It was so good. <laughs> it was an excellent pick. Thank quote. you. Just I'm saying I'm like oh got like I'm just going to talk about this one quote um, where one of the friends is talking. One of the wags. Um, we mm-hmm. have wags in the UK, so it really puts me off because I have a, a different reaction to wags yeah. <laughs> than the ones in the book who are really lovely and really. But anyway, uh, one of the wags is saying, "Oh Lordy, that man is going to kiss you hard," and I was like, yes. oh, "I'm melting." <laughs> I don't want him to kiss me hard. Yes. <laughs> I was walking, listening to that, and I was like. Like it yes. stopped me. I was like, yes. yes. Didn't, it, didn't it have the gas moment? Cause you're like, yes. he really no. is. you know, as the reader, he really is. And you know, you could she's not going to say no. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You could no, see that scene. You could, you could, she put you in those shoes of like, like you stop and you look like, dang, is that going to happen to me? <laughs> like you mm-hmm. were there. It was so good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. before we get off of here yeah. tell us what you've been reading yes what? right I'm gonna have to grab my kindle because I've been reading <laughs> a lot because I have my That's reading like... week so so what I tend to stay away from books when I'm writing sometimes mm-hmm. because I fear that if it's anything that's too remotely similar to what I'm writing I'm I pick up tone very easily um okay. like the books that I read after what was the um there was a big, it's, it's a TV series on Sky at the moment, um, which Discovery of Witches. Yes. <laughs> oh, I yeah. read the first Discovery of Witches. And, and then I tried to write in presents. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like I just finished my PhD. And oh, it was just the most, I had to literally go back and rewrite the whole thing because the tone was just completely off. Dang it. I would love to read that. <laughs> it was a bit crazy. It was definitely crazy. What did you think of the first one? It's it's big, but what did you think? I loved it. I absolutely loved it because there was it was that real kind of I think I think there's even a phrase for it at the moment that kind of dark academia, dark yeah style. Mm -hmm. You know, Oxford and Cambridge and history and richness and and that with witches. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. Like like adult Harry Potter plus, (laughs) (laughs) like with vampires. And sex, which was really great. Addition. <laughs> so, really about that. I would have liked Harry Potter a lot more if that was. Uh... <laughs> well, listen, there was. I'm sure there were free deleted scenes out there. So you know, <laughs> I haven't read the third one, but the second one I loved even more than the first. There's time travel. Yeah, even was... darker academia Shakespeare makes an you know a pop-up like I was yeah. so tempted by that and I thought it will I just won't be able to write a presents 
I just need this <laughs> and I'll need a month Save it for your I next to, reading like, week. Palette cleanse. But yeah, so what about I've been reading? I've, I've downloaded an obscene amount of mm. um, books, all of which to come. Um, so I read another Amy Andrews, as you do. Um, mm-hmm. Butterface by Avery Flynn. Oh, oh my god! That's on my TBR cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I loved it. I mean, I it was it was these the fun the fun the the mm. sense of humor in it and the brothers and the family and the chaos and obviously it was you know like another rundown house <laughs> DIY man <laughs> yeah. like but so... a DIY man who's also a policeman yes like <laughs> <laughs> um and I've got I have finished i read yes morning glory and milking farm morning glory milking farm which is a minor tour book has to be read i i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it um i didn't think i was gonna enjoy it like that much and that sounds really even more worrying than just saying i enjoyed it <laughs> i'm not saying i enjoyed it that anyway worth a read um get a life chloe brown by talia hibbert love it took me too long to get around to this because I just was saving it for a moment and I felt I feel like I needed to have the house done like there was just drama going on with the house and I wanted to kind of enjoy this mm-hmm. completely like yeah so it was like wonderful just absolutely wonderful I love her voice I, I love the yes. heroines she's she's a joy from start to finish and I think that's what's really what I just feel like I've just had like a week's worth of loving with all my books like I've just been like they're all amazing yeah all amazing um I've got the bromance club to read by Lisa is it yes Yes. I'm on I'm up about to read book four talking about sports romance there's yeah they're each character's like and I'm on the fourth book and I'm actually going to read it next week I think it's about a Russian hockey player and he's just known as the Russian and I love him You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I'm so excited about that. Um and I've got um Therese Bahari's um one of her books, which I'm yes. really looking forward to. I've got his Princess by Christmas, which I'm looking forward to. Mm. It's a one. Um Carrie Nichols, the Sergeant's matchmaking dog. Dog. Yeah. We I read that one. Yeah, I'm like really here for that. So delightful. Um, Le- Louisa George is something borrowed, which is I think okay. the kind of first of a quartet. Um, and I'm yeah. just dying to dive into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really torn because I'm like I've literally just obviously finished. So I've, I've got I've got an opening in my reading, and I'm like, what do I do? What do I read next? The, the Centurion's Wife by Rachel Stewart, which is the thing that I felt like first self-published oh, okay. so I'm like dying into that I might just treat myself to that this afternoon and start again there you go <laughs> I'm just happy to see that we have like we actually we have witch romances coming out there's one called witch please that just released and yes. one called the x-hex and I'm like yeah, bring please. on more witch rom-coms please please, please. <laughs> yeah I, I think I've literally just seen witch please yesterday like I'm gonna be working that out because I'm like a sucker for well, um what was the TV show? There's so many I mean, other than Charmed. I had all Charmed, like all DVDs, like every single. I want to say Charmed. Bewitched, but I don't know if that's what you're talking about. <laughs> it was um, the one with the woman that went that was married to. Um... Oh my god, I'm so bad at this. Ch- Channing Tatum, Channing, dude, his wife. 
It was it only ran for two series and it finished on a cliffhanger and I was it three series and I I will never forgive TV TV companies for not like just doing a roundup episode like of what happened for the love of God just have right. like why did why would you just just mean meanness yeah. just cutting something off without finishing it Witches of Eastwick Witches of oh, East okay. End Oh Witches yes End. yes that was based off the movie wasn't it. No, so this, so this, yeah, so this is the Witches of East End, which I think is a different bad. base okay. of series. But I, my bad, okay. But Witches of Eastwick was like one of my mum's favorite films when I was growing up. So like we watched it, and the, do you remember the cherry scene? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, never forget that. I've never been able to eat cherries. Genuinely. As, as an as a '90s kid, for me, it was The Craft. Oh my god, how can it not be? The Craft, like the the the, the abomination of remaking it was the Oh, like I mean, fine, remake Charmed, like I get that, like whatever. But the Craft, do not no, leave light as a feather, stiff as a board yeah. in the past <laughs> alone. <laughs> I can't think of how many. I I I know I tried that at numerous sleepovers I as too. a kid. Absolutely. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Well, and I think maybe in some ways, like for me, going back to that kind of fan, fan, fan football family type thing of sports romance, that the coven is is the fan family of women. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of it's the group that's beyond family basis, and and this oh we'd have to do a whole episode. For that. And and to speak very quickly as as someone who follows a slightly different religious belief system than most, mm. the witch. I'm loving the fact that we are now getting a place to that we're normal we have day jobs we do this we do that but you know we have a different belief you know like like this this fantasy element it's It's still a fantasy yeah yeah Yeah. but like you know (laughs) what's that line from the crap we are the weirdos mister (laughs) (laughs) i think it's it's wonderful that that you know faiths like wicker are being recognized and as you know as as acceptable or as welcome in our society you know yeah. how is that different like there's just so many different ways of viewing the world and i know it's just it's 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 an interesting time where we can explore and open ourselves to these which is great and that's why i love the indie published stuff is you're getting a lot of great stuff that you wouldn't normally get traditionally mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to go and look up which please but i really want to get my my tbr in control like because <laughs> I've got 20 books on my Kindle and 20 books on my shelves and that's 40 and I'm like oh my god I'm you know I have that many on my TBR for the month of September (laughs) I feel like I'm new to this (laughs) I have to be careful about my reading no but I mean I I understand coming from an author's perspective that you you don't have the reading time that the rest of us do and just exactly like you said you read something it's going to influence your writing yeah I'm reading something it's not going to influence my day job you know (laughs) And it is funny because when I was working in TV, all I did was read. Like, I I mean, I read, I would go through books a week. And then I think when I was at work, I was reading so much that actually I couldn't, I couldn't, reading wasn't for pleasure anymore. Mm -hmm. It took me a couple of years outside of that in here to actually pick up a book again and to find the book, the book addict you know the book crack you know the, the books that you yeah. find that sets you off and you're like okay I'm out don't yeah. talk to me like mm-hmm. you know I will happily sit in a car for two hours reading because you know I'm so obsessed and and for me that was kind of nearly saying so I feel like that has lifted the kind of reaffirmed the kind of joy of reading for me um mm-hmm. which is which is a really lovely place to be but it is 
you have to be careful because yeah I would never want to not only to pick up tones but also like I want to be able to be creative without fearing that someone else has done that or I've read that from somewhere yeah yeah it's just what have you been working on yes that's a big question I mean so I so I finished the 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 Diamond Inheritance series and then I wrote um a, the beginning of a new Scandinavian royal series, which is Ooh. another trilogy, which I apologise to my editor for because you know I've got to stop writing trilogies at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And so the book that I've the the first draft that I just finished, which um, was I think probably made difficult because of the building work on the house and and the fact mm-hmm. that I was actually still still trying to hit a deadline while my there were holes in my walls and various <laughs> things. And sleeping on the floor on my mattress for like four months but anyway um so it was it i've just finished a runaway princess um story with a greek billionaire um so there's a secondary character in the last diamond inheritance book called lycos who um probably was about as much bromance as i could possibly get into a presents and um i was like they're not gonna let me have this at all and they did and i was like oh my god um (laughs) And then I got really excited and then I got overwhelmed and I'm, and I'm not sure I've done it justice. So I'm really looking forward to the revisions. But um, so he has to go and basically kidnap a, a, a runaway princess who is trying to get married. Um, so he literally kidnaps her on her wedding day and then has to keep her for five days and before oh, she wow. to her country. So it's um, it's just it, I really love love the fun that they have and the fact that you've got this kind of brooding Greek alpha male who literally just cannot make this princess behave. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's just fun, and she steals his wallet. It. And he's the, like an he he was he's an ex street kid, so he used to steal wallets, and he's like literally like she stole my wallet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, well, so yeah, that was really was really fun, and um, so yes. Aside from that, there's DIY coming, and then there's the the, the conclusion when I finish the revisions to this trilogy, <laughs> um, which is I think I want to. I'm tempted to go back and do like a really kind of dark brooding presents hero for this one. It's mm. been a while since I've done like a proper brooding hit presents hero. I feel like he, I feel like that. I feel the call. The yes. my dark and twisty is coming out. <laughs> well, we can't wait. No, so, I mean, enjoy your reading time, but yes. we're rooting for you with the writing time. Thank you so very we much. can get the book. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, thank you for chatting Amy Andrews' yes, great thank Australian you. novels with us. Oh, it, it is my pleasure. I'm just, just very, very delighted to be able to, like, spread the word of Amy Andrews' there story. So, I mean, find another one and we'll do, we'll reconvene. I'm I'm, I'm here. Well, I think we should potentially talk about which, please, but I'm not sure if that's category. I mean, you're a category romance author, so that's our plug. Okay, okay, okay. Well, let's have a look at that. Okay. (laughs) Well, listeners, make sure you check the show notes and so that you can 
I will have links. You can follow and keep up with Pippa Roscoe. Mm-hmm. And we will keep you posted because she's going to come back. We're going to yes. read something else. <laughs> and we'll let you know what it is in case yeah. you want to read with us next time. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for being you and hanging out with us. Yes, and thank letting you. us start our Sunday with you. <laughs> Love me as always. And it's just, yeah, I, had a, I think, um, you know, when you get, I don't know, no one else does this. I've been smiling for like the last nearly two hours to the point where like the little muscles behind my ears get a bit sore so that's always kind of like a really good day that's right (laughs) that's what we expected we were like we're just gonna hang out and laugh and looking forward to this right yeah me too me too well sarah and i will chat with you in our next episode have a lovely day 